Welcome to Get Jashed, a conversation series where guests share their stories and how they learn, deal with, practice, screw up, and rise in leadership and communication. I'm your host, Jess Jash, founder and head creator at Jay Lee, where I help impact positive change in high-performance teams. I believe there is more than one way to do leadership and communication, so here we are. If you want to know more about how you or your team can work with me, head to j-lee, that's l-e-i-g-h dot com dot au. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. It is a rainy day here and you may hear a little wolf in the background. Right on cue. It feels like a really good day to talk about one of the big reasons why that we, the royal we, the generalized we, don't communicate well or avoid certain kinds of communication more to the point. And that is shame. (laughs) So uh, my queen, (laughs) my Bible writer, Brene Brown, who is a shame researcher, I have referenced her endlessly in my work, in the podcast, in my posts, in what I share, um, because her work is just so robust and speaks to me so much and to my area of work so much. Uh, So Brene Brown is a shame researcher and so she obviously talks a lot about shame and she says that shame cannot exist in the light. I may be paraphrasing, but more or less, that's, that's, that's where I learned that is shame cannot exist in the light. Shame is insidious. So it thrives in the dark. It thrives in the, in the spaces that we hide it away in. And as soon as we shed light on it, so as soon as we acknowledge it, whether we say this is a shame story or we talk about what we are shameful of or feel shameful of and say, hey, I feel a bit of shame about this, it starts to dissipate because the very nature of shame is to bring us down, to be, to exist in the dark areas so that we keep feeling it. So when it comes to communication and the things that we talk about or, in this instance, avoid talking about things like money, sex, failures, where we feel like we've failed, insecurities, our needs, something we want, food, exercise, our desires, The list goes on. Notice that there's a broad spectrum of topics that it could be about. It's not just the quote unquote bad things because anything can be neutral. It's the shame that tells us it's bad. (laughs) See where I'm getting? So when it comes to the areas that we feel touchy on, It can stop us from talking about them. And by not talking about them, it keeps us existing and living in shame instead. So here's what we do about it. We talk about them. 
we acknowledge the discomfort. Sometimes the discomfort is shame, right? Like sometimes it's like, oh, I feel shameful that I feel really uncomfortable about this. I want to, I should, I should, oh, that beautiful, awful word, should. I should feel comfortable. I should feel more comfortable with this. I should do better at this. I'm bad at communicating and expressing my feelings. Shame, right? So it is one of what I see in myself, in the people around me, in the people I coach or mentor or work with, what I see in that what I see in them is when it comes to their challenges with communication, a lot of it is shame, even in the workplace. Oh, who am I to ask for this? I don't deserve this. I feel ashamed for asking what I, for what I want because I don't feel like I'm enough because shame, shame, shame. I, when I was working in the corporate world, um, and I have a lot of feelings about this particular, the more I reflect on it, the more I, as much as I love the job and the people that I worked with or for, there was a lot about that, that I really realized how underappreciated and, um, under remunerated I was. Uh, for what I was doing. So, but that's beside the point. But when I was working in the corporate world, there was a role that I had that um, I really had maybe like five different roles because I was looking after several different brands within the umbrella of that company. And there was another role that I was being... um, that I was adding for, for all intents and purposes, I was adding to my own workload. Um, and it was a startup, uh, brand that they were creating or that they were, they had invested in or whatever the story was. Um, and basically I was told, okay, well you figure out what the title of that role is that you can call yourself when you're working in the context of this role. And I looked at the, requirements, what I was being asked to do, what that meant, the fact that other than the founders basically or the tech guys, it was basically me doing this. I'm like, okay, so no one else is filling that role. And I came up with the manager title of it. Um, It was a public relations manager title. And this all had to get, you know, okayed by by the bosses anyway. So like, but I really looked at it and went, you know what, this is the value that I'm putting forward. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to just talk to them about it being this, not that it changed anything else. Another whole other conversation. Um, and I went to them and said, yep, I think like by the sounds of it, this is what I would be functioning as. They're like, okay, great. You can just use that in, in the function of, this role. I'm like, awesome, cool. Now I can step into that. Now I can do that. And there was someone that I was close with who I worked with as well. And I remember having a conversation with that person 
and they were asking about it. They weren't involved in this particular project, but they were asking about it. And I said, they're like, oh, so what are you actually doing? I'm like, oh, well, actually, I'm the PR manager for it because, you know, this, this and this. I didn't justify it. I just sort of said like, oh, you know, because that's sort of what the role asked for. And they told me to, you know, figure out what that title would be. And and this is what I agreed to. Or this is what I came up with. So, you know, and they agreed to it. So, yeah, I'm the PR manager. And that person laughed at me. Not like a ha, 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 like pointing and laughing, but like kind of scoff laughed and, and, and slightly rolled their eyes and went, oh, okay. As in, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, you get to call yourself that. And A, that was when I first started realizing that that person probably shouldn't be in my personal life anymore. Um, And B, I noticed, and this was, I think, I think I knew of Brene's, Brene Brown's work by then. So I was aware of it, but it was long before I was, you know, doing what I'm doing now. It's probably part of the genesis of it, let's say, because I remember noticing, oh, that makes me feel a little bit of shame for asking to be recognized for the work that I am doing. What an interesting feeling this is. What an interesting thing to notice that someone's reaction or response to me like who's not even involved in the decision making mind you and this is where we need to be careful and aware as well but someone's reaction to me stating the value that I believe I was bringing and that I believe the role was asking of me and you know the title um and this is coming from someone who is very opportunistic and self-serving in the professional world also so you know like I thought that they would at least respect it that I you know but I felt shame from their response or their reaction I had the moment of oh am I am I big noting myself Am I asking for too much? Am I, I wasn't even asking for a pay rise. Again, that's a very different, that's a totally other conversation that I probably won't go on to, into on this platform because it's irrelevant to what I'm talking about and what I talk about now. But I wasn't even asking for a pay rise with it because my job role is changing and increasing. My title was being added to. I was just asking for the recognition of the title for the work that I would be doing, that I was already doing, that I'd been long doing. Um, And I got scoffed at by the person that at that point in time I used to confide in the most, especially about work things, especially about things that I desired for myself. And the shame moment of, oh, I am I asking for too much? Am I giving myself too much credit 
I just had to stop myself from putting a really like emphatic tone on that. <laughs> but the question of, oh, am I giving myself too much credit for what the work I'm already fucking doing? <laughs> Let's face it. Plus all of the other roles that I am already shouldering alone because largely and generally speaking, I was the only person in my department. And it's interesting to notice as the shame comes out when we ask for our worth to be acknowledged or our value rather, let's say. I, I, I much prefer the word value rather than worth because worth is, you know, sub, uh, it's subjective. But when we ask for our value that we are already contributing to be acknowledged and yet there is shame that we can have in asking for that and that sometimes stops us from communicating it. Because we don't want the shame of people disagreeing with that. Even the people who aren't in the position to disagree, don't have the authority to disagree with it. It could be talking to your partner about the money stress you have. Because that can ring. Money has a lot of shame attached to it because we value money in such a different way and and you know like and I (laughs) we look at the shame of money because it speaks to different stories that we attach to it the shame of oh can I contribute in an equal way in an appropriate way or am I freeloading even though I'm trying not to freeload (laughs) you know or how do I explain to them that I'm stressed about this and that I'm not doing as well as I would like to be? You say it exactly that way. You say something like, I feel shame around this because I feel like when I say this out loud to you or when I share this with you, it's acknowledging that I'm not doing as well as that I would like to be doing. And if you place a lot of value in how you monetarily show up in your relationship, it could be acknowledging that too, going, I value being able to contribute equally. Or being able to contribute so that we can do anything at all. And then acknowledging... what we feel around that. Acknowledging the difference. Acknowledging that there are feelings around that. Notice how we are acknowledging the story of shame, even if we don't know or use the language of this is a shame story. We get to call it. Sometimes the biggest work is noticing what it is noticing that it is shame because remember shame will live in the dark so it'll do its best to keep itself there so our job first and foremost is to just do enough of the work as best we can even if it's a little bit of noticing where it is shame because we'll jump to everything else before we acknowledge it's shame sometimes again the royal we the generalized we we'll we'll try to 
call it anything else. We'll try to call it, I'm not doing my best, or I'm not good enough, or, oh, maybe I need to try harder, or maybe I need to prove myself more, or maybe I have anxiety, or maybe I have this other issue, or maybe I'm just not, you know, all of all of the reasons before we land on, you know, actually, maybe I just feel shame around it. Because I'm not meeting my own standards of integrity. And that could be part of it too. Going, yeah, I'm, I have this level of integrity. Integrity is my, like, out of my core values. Integrity is, I think, number, my second out of my top five. Integrity is number two. It's pretty high. But there are moments where no matter how hard I try, there are times that I notice the shame of, oh, I'm probably not living to my integrity as far as being able to follow through on that thing. And, you know, that's regardless of the reason why, even if I'm trying my, you know, darndest, (laughs) even if I'm still really trying, that's a shame thing of even no matter how much I am trying, if I am human and I'm not able to live up to my integrity as much as I would prefer because I'm human and I'm living a very human life and sometimes things happen that get in the way of being able to pay the thing or get in the way of being able to express the the thing clearly, right? Integrity. But sometimes that will happen, but then it's the shame of going, well, I'm not. So our job is to acknowledge where the shame is. And instead of making it all about how we're not good enough, for example, or we're not doing good enough, or we're not doing enough, or they're not doing enough, you know, depending on which way we automate to. Our biggest work initially in communicating is noticing where it's about shame whether you use the language of this is a shame story or I feel shame. Oh, I feel shame around this. Oh, that makes me feel shame in asking for, for my value to be acknowledged. In for, like Shame for saying, you know what? This is the job I'm doing, so this is the title I believe that I should have. The shame of saying, hey, I know I contribute in every other way that I can, but right now financially it's really fucking stressful and I'm trying so fucking hard. But I just am waiting, you know, in the trying, I'm still waiting for something to click and work. And in the meantime, I can't contribute financially in the way that I would like to. The shame that tells us we're not good enough. And when we can recognize where it's a shame story that is stopping us from communicating with our people, it becomes easier to communicate. It might still be uncomfortable but it is a lot easier because then we can name what it is rather than being caught in the, but this, but I don't know how to explain and I don't know where to start. And you know, that feeling we can go, okay, this is what's going on for me. And I feel a lot of shame around it. And that's challenging for me. It's a totally different conversation. I can't speak to how any other person will respond to it if they are truly your people, I 
tend to believe that they will respond kindly or even come back if they don't initially respond kindly and go, you know what, that's my shame story. I reacted to it instead of, you know, hearing it. But that's that's more about communication. <laughs> that's the nuance. They're the nuances that we explore in things like the coaching containers that you get with me or the programs that you get with me around communication. Because we could be here all day otherwise talking about it. <laughs> but shame. Be aware of shame and where that is what's getting in the way of you communicating clearly and it will change everything. So speaking of the coaching containers, depending on when you are listening to this, um, at this stage, I have until the end of March, which is Thursday this week, I believe. I am running the early adopter rate for my Voxer one-on-one coaching. So that's using Voxer, which is like a walkie-talkie instant messaging app as our primary form of interaction. And this is really useful for people who feel overwhelmed at trying to find an hour or two hours block of time to catch up on Zoom or already have Zoom fatigue as it is, right? Or who are just busy and want more of that ongoing ad hoc support and coaching and debriefing and integration and processing and you know, cheerleading and confidence building and all of the things or real talk, accountability, um, who require, who desire more of that ad hoc process rather than waiting for every fortnight or every month, depending on the frequency or length of call that you want. So the early adopter rate is still valid for the one-on-one Voxer coaching until the end of March, after which the price goes up and stays up. And availability is entirely dependent on spaces being being filled because there is only so many people that I can take on in a one-on-one capacity, even on Voxer. But this is also why I'm doing it because I have more capacity to take on Voxer people, more Voxer, more people in the Voxer context than I do in the full executive leadership coaching packages context. And they are still available too. But the Voxer is more accessible for a lot more people, for time purposes, for, for, for finance purposes, um, and that is a monthly rate, or you can do fortnightly payments as well. So please reach out if you're interested in diving into the nuances of communication and how we navigate that with emotional awareness and, and kindness towards ourselves and others. Um, Yeah, so that's what's happening right now. I have some more things coming up that I'm excited to share with you as we go. So keep an eye out for that. We can follow me as always on socials where you'll see it more frequently as well rather than the once a week that you get here too. Um, Take this with you. Let yourself be reminded as many times as you need whenever you feel caught in communication, checking in. Is there a shame around this that I have? And and naming that and letting that be how you move forward with it. Okay, so stay well. I will talk to you guys next week. 
Thanks for listening to Get Jashed. If you dig these conversations, please subscribe and share a review. If you want to know more about how you can dive deeper into these topics for yourself, head to j-lee.com.au forward slash courses. You can also follow me on Facebook and YouTube by searching j-leigh and Instagram at j underscore dot leigh to see the full videos of these episodes and keep up to date with what's going on in our world of communication, emotional intelligence and well-being.